Bad boy, bad boy. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when he comes for you? Bad boy, bad boy. Judas, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when he comes for you? Twenty pieces of silver. That's the title. Bad boy, bad boy. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when he comes for you? Um, copyright on that. Um, I might actually leave that in. Hi. Welcome to At the Table. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We are four young Christians who don't have all the answers, but are exploring and discussing some topics which are on our hearts. These views are our own and not that of the Salvation Army. Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Beth. I'm Joe. And I'm Lucy. We also have two cats here, Arthur and Emily. Say hi, guys. They're not going to speak on camera. No, I feel the pressure. It's not in their contract for living here. No. So this week, we're going to be looking at the next part of the Easter story. Those who joined us last week, we looked at Palm Sunday, and the next part of the story is the betrayal of Judas. I'm reading from Matthew 26 in the New International Version from the UK, and it says, Judas agrees to betray Jesus. So this is Matthew 26, 14 to 16. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted up for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Okay, and we find the same story in Luke 22, verses 1 to 6. I'm going to read from the message version. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, also called Passover, drew near. The high priests and religion scholars were looking for a way to do away with Jesus, but... Fearful of the people, they were also looking for a way to cover their tracks. That's when Satan entered Judas, the one called Iscariot. He was one of the twelve. Leaving the others, he conferred with the high priests and the temple guards about how he might betray Jesus to them. They couldn't believe their luck and agreed to pay him well. He gave them his word and started looking for a way to betray Jesus, but out of sight of the crowd. That's it. Yeah. That's all you get. That's all you get. That's it. That's it. That's a lot. So obviously this isn't the um, the actual betrayal, which we'll get to that when we look at the Gethsemane mm-hmm. chapter, but I think this is a quite a big part to talk about. I think people, I don't know if people are really talking about this a lot. I think because a betrayal of someone in, in a circle is um, always so very, it's, it's almost like the worst t- type of betrayal, isn't it? From somebody so close to you. Mm. And so I feel like people don't want to believe that Jesus had somebody in his close circle that betrayed him. Because you'd think, would people say, Jesus would have had good insight. Mm. But it's actually, there's a lot more to it, isn't that, than that. He knew the, pl- the plans to be fulfilled for all of this. Mm. Your passage is a lot more detailed than my one. I was going to say, this is really, really interesting. Because last week we were saying how Matthew was more descriptive on the Palm Sunday stuff. But and like Luke was just like, oh yeah, one donkey. This one seems the other way around. Like Luke seems to be more descriptive than the Matthew one. Yeah. The bit that really stood out for me, I think, was the bit where it says the high priests and religion scholars were looking for a way to do away with Jesus. Yeah. But they're also looking for a way to cover their tracks. I just yeah. thought it was really interesting mm. that motivation because I feel like 
No, normally my impression is that they don't hide their dislike of Jesus. Yeah, because it's mentioned a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And it's like the sometimes when Jesus is talking to a crowd, it'll say, like, they were trying to catch him out and things like that. Yeah. But in this example, it, it kind of speaks to me that he Jesus was pretty popular at this time. Yeah. Like and it was really obvious. Yeah. 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 For those of you who um, haven't or don't regularly delve into the Bible, there are multiple examples in all of the gospels and stories where jesus is doing normally when he's performing something or he's speaking and he says something against religious teaching and this will sometimes go against religious teaching because jesus did contradict religion because religion and jesus are two very different things and he opposed a lot of the things that religion was teaching so they tried to catch him out a lot so there are many instances that you can see that where he calls them out and he often rebukes them and he embarrasses them quite a bit. Mm. But they also hated him because they believed he was blaspheming and that he wasn't the true son of God. But it's just interesting that they really had such disdain against him. But a lot of it, I think, was down to Rome. Also, I think because Jesus was probably more popular than the the Pharisee, and they didn't like that because they they were very much, uh, you know, when you hear that kind of thing of, like, the high priest, you know, they would have known that, oh, I'm a high priest, and it was that kind of human kind of, like position oh i feel really popular i think that probably comes into question of like oh this jesus who walks around doesn't actually really show off who he is he's just kind of Mm. going around telling the truth does your passage mention that it was judas because mine does you're reading the message aren't you i've got the message and it says in verse three that's when satan entered judas the one called iscariot see i find that really interesting yeah when satan enters judas like Judas wouldn't have done this if he didn't allow Satan in. Yeah, it's an interesting way to put it, really. Because then it's like, Jesus must have known that something like this was going to happen, or well, needed to happen. If you look later in that um, little bit, it says that the high priests and temple guards couldn't believe their good luck. So it's almost like they're, you know, it's almost like it's a coincidence in a way, or yeah. it seems it to them. They're a bit like, oh... Yeah. We were looking for a way yeah. to get this guy, How and funny. suddenly, yeah. so it's, it, it just it's quite interesting that it's, it appears on the surface like it's all fallen into <clears> place, <throat> yeah. but we also know that Jesus knows what's going to happen. Mm. So you know, it's probably not a well, it's not a surprise to Jesus himself. In the Gospel of John, Jesus, in one of the verses, it mentions that Jesus predicts he's going to be betrayed. He doesn't mention that it's Judas, I'm pretty sure, but he does mention but he that he's going to be to betrayed. He says to doesn't he? He says that on the Last Supper, be... like, um, one of you here will betray me, isn't it? Yeah, and then he mentions about one of you will deny me three times. Yeah. Lucy, is there anything that particularly stands out to you? I thought the money aspect was interesting. Cause when I first read it, I read it as that they paid him to do this. And therefore, his motivations were financial. Mm. And I thought, oh, how human. Yeah. <laughs> He's betrayed his best friend for money. But then, actually, I reread it. And he had already basically decided to um, betray Jesus. And the money came afterwards. They agreed to pay him after he had already made this decision. So then I thought, what's more important to him? And if he, mm. if he'd already, if he was so keen to betray Jesus, why would he bother accepting the money? because he already knew why he was doing it. And if he was doing it for the money, why did he not agree to that? Why did he not agree to the term of payment before he agreed to do the betrayal? Mm. If you see what I mean? I think, I think I've always 
viewed it in simple terms of like, yeah, he was motivated by the money. Mm. And I guess on some level we can understand that. Yeah. And like you say, if it's not, if the money didn't come first, it's quite an interesting act really, isn't it? Yeah, like what was his motivation to betray Jesus? Mm. And what did Jesus do that Judas felt, you know, actually, Jesus didn't want to follow this guy and that he wanted to instead offer this guy up with the added bonus that he was going to get 30 pieces of silver or whatever it is. So one of the things that the Bible mentions is that Judas was the treasurer for the disciples. Oh, um, oh the money man. Oh, yeah. the accountant. And John. Why does it say that? He pulls the purse strings. Okay. Because John mentions, I wrote down the verse. Someone's the been looking him up on Company's house. <laughs> yeah. John 12, 6 says... He was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Oh. Oh, oh hello. Yeah. Judas, you naughty boy. Oh, there's Miss more Marple to this guy. Cool. Miss Marple returns. <laughs> yeah. That's just a new nickname, I think. Miss Marple. Miss Marple. Miss Mumple. Miss Mumple. <laughs> Don't give your surname away on yeah. the podcast. Beth- uh, <laughs> Bethany Maple. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Marple. Marple syrup. Oh, no. Done. What just happened? (laughs) So, I think it's quite interesting that... So, he's he's sort of known for this behaviour, in a way. Yeah. Not that um, handing your friend over to the authorities um, for execution is the same as top slicing the... Taking a couple of pence out of the But we have to remember that Jesus didn't take the priests to be his disciples he took the tax collectors he took the people that yeah. he took sinners friends of sinners isn't it yeah well he, he took humans yeah. boom you know which we all are and I think it's it would be naive of us to say that that if that's you you know they always say that thing like leopard can't change your spots and we believe that, that in Jesus there is transformation and I believe that in Jesus there is transformation but it's evident in his actions that he at his life clearly wasn't transformed Mm. because he betrayed him so this but is... it was part of God's plan for him to be betrayed for him to betray mm. Jesus so that's... because Jesus predicted it and it's prophesied in Zechariah and the Psalms that someone is going to betray them so it, like last week you know we had the prophecy of the donkey all of this is foretold again so we have Zechariah who was one of the great prophets he prophesied much of Jesus's life and death but if it's in God's plan that <clears throat> Judas is going to betray him does that mean that Judas doesn't have free will over his own life <gasps> and what if Jesus what if Jesus I wish they had really different names If I wish it was like Jesus and Fred like <laughs> if Judas had decided that day that he wasn't going to betray Jesus mm. where does this leave the prophecy yeah. poor guy who stitched up before he's even born oh. I think they still would have found Jesus because Jesus was very close. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. I think it just handed them him easier. I think it, it adds an element of complete betrayal. It's like human sin at its worst. So you think like it was always going to happen, but yeah, the was. way that it happened helps us to learn something. Yeah. Because that's, that's one thing I've always... But that's my view. And yeah. I, don't know, I, think, I don't know if others would see that. No, it makes some sense to me. Side note. This is something I've, <laughs> this is something I've always really struggled with um, whenever we read it over Easter or whatever is the idea that Judas had 
the greatest teacher the world's ever seen, the greatest mentor the world's ever seen, yet he still had something against him enough to betray him. And then this is what links to what you just said, Joe, when you're like, did this guy have no other option? Like, it's almost like he had this whole thing on his head anyway to do, this is almost like his life thing. He had to do it as part of a prophecy, which is a really interesting thing, isn't it? But I just find that really... I guess it's humbling, actually, to think that actually, even though this guy travelled with Jesus for three years, still didn't almost believe him enough to go, I'm going to journey with you even further. Instead, I, I'm, there's something against you, I'm going to betray you for 30 coins. Yeah, don't know if that makes any sense, but... Context-wise, may give us some indication of this, with the John thing again. So the Gospel of John gives good context to a lot of this and I said to John, Joe and Lucy before we started our podcast when we were deciding the narratives to which we were going to look into the build up to the crucifixion and resurrection that each of them give a different narrative and I feel like John gives a lot of context and prior to the betrayal John gives the story of Mary and Martha when he goes to the home of Mary and Martha and Mary pours the expensive oil over Jesus' feet and you know um, it's rebuked by the disciples. Well, that's Judas that does that. And then Jesus uh, tells him off for saying, like, yeah. don't say that. When I say tell him off, that sounds very childish, but rebukes his rebuke yeah. um, for that. So I I don't know if that's already part of the... Is there a bit of discord now with Judas about the type of things that Jesus was doing? And this links on to what I was... My, my second point that I was thinking about with what we've all just been saying remember what the Jews thought Jesus was and what they wanted was somebody to overthrow the Romans, somebody yeah. to overthrow the... Yes, cat. Yes, queen. <laughs> Someone to overthrow the power regime, somebody to kind of take over as king. Mm. And Jesus, rather than doing any of that and being a political figure overthrowing all of that, he just became controversial in speaking truths against lots of things and religious things that weren't right or corrupt. He spoke about the corruption of money, which Judas would have been involved in, which probably would have made him uncomfortable. He had prostitutes. He spoke to tax collectors and lepers and all these mm. things. Things that, if I was Judas, I'd be like, I thought you were going to be a politician and you're just doing these things. So maybe there was a bit of discord in well, you still thought what that he expected and what he got. He still thought that Jesus was going to be like this, the Jewish sort of king, like on a stallion thing, like we were saying last week. Is that kind of the, it was a paradox in the sense of like a completely polar opposite of what he expected. So you think that Judas was like, so in that mindset? Yeah, I think was there, was his attitude towards Jesus, was there a bit of anger towards that, that he wasn't that? Mm. And that his expectation wasn't met of what Jesus was. So the reality meant it was what Jesus was and he didn't like that. Yeah, so, so maybe he thought it, it was fed fake. into it. Yeah, maybe he thought it was... I don't, not, I don't know if it was even... I think he believed, he saw the things that Jesus did and you can't deny, like, if you're there, you see the yeah. things. But if you have an expectation of somebody's going to be, regardless of what they actually turn out to be, you can still feel let down, I think. Mm. And maybe that's what Judas felt. I don't know. I'm just surmising from the knowledge that we have. Um, so on that, I was just thinking about... Because I think I'm right in saying, like, ultimately, we learn that Judas regrets betraying Jesus. Yeah, he does, mm. yeah. Spoilers! Yeah, that is a massive spoiler. <laughs> oh, Wait till you find out what happens to Jesus. Uh, yeah, 
please tune in to future episodes for these. <laughs> so I was just wondering if maybe Judas regretted betraying Jesus at any point, like even fleetingly, before the actual moment where Jesus was um, captured by yeah. the um, authorities. Because mm. I don't know, I'm just thinking about... I've I've never betrayed a friend to the extent that Judas did, mm. I don't think. Mm. But... <laughs> but... Um, all the comments come flooding in. <laughs> yeah, all these old Remember friends. Remember that guy? <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to go to school with you, you were so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I can't but, see Joe being that. No. Uh, Bully! Oh, don't cry. <laughs> but. <laughs> but I guess we, to some extent, we betray people all the time. Maybe even if mm. it's just gossiping or yeah. Not saying even something. Yeah. Saying something behind someone's back or anything like that. And I think sometimes when you do that, you have a flash of like, ah, maybe I shouldn't be saying this or whatever. So I don't know. I would just wonder if he, like, it's almost like as soon as he approached the authorities, it was too late. But after that, he was like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Or I yeah. don't know. Because I, I, you have to keep remembering that these people are human. Yeah, exactly. And they're just like you and I. That's almost the purpose of it. Yeah. And I think it shows where his heart went to. I know we're going to talk about it in the next episode. But like, we, you know where he, his heart goes to. That's so, he's in so much pain over that the regret of that and I think you're right I think there is that element of was it an immediate kind of regret like he got that money found that that money didn't fulfill the hole he had in his heart that Jesus can only fill and then then he had that regret almost straight away and I wouldn't be surprised like that like you say when when you accidentally kind of against a friend you know when you accidentally kind of you know gossip about someone you or you judge someone you know, that you don't realise you do it sometimes and then almost regret it straight away. Maybe he had that same same mindset that we would have had, like you say, so, yeah. Yeah. Do any of the versions anyone has say how much money he got? Because I swear I remember... I thought it was 30 pieces of 30 silver. 30 yeah. I thought one of you said 30-something. I'm sure I've read something. Is it later on, though, where it's like Judas took the month, the 30 pieces of silver that he'd been given for oh, this? Maybe? Yeah. I don't something, know. Yeah. I thought one of you had said it. I'm sure. You Beth said it, but she means where did I get that from? No, do you I mean I mean, when you're yeah. reading your yeah, passage. Yeah, I've just oh. looked, at my, re- I've oh, looked okay. at my passage and it's not in there. I don't know. Yeah, that's where I thought you meant it was from. Oh, it just says, so they counted him 30 pieces of silver. Yeah, which in those days probably was actually quite a lot of money. Silver. Right? Shall I Google? I don't know what the exchange rate was. <laughs> I mean, compared to the pound now, I mean, it's probably a lot, um, lot better. Well, I think that's the thing about precious metals is they keep their value, right? Like, so it's worth a lot now. It would have been worth a lot then. Yeah. So 30 pieces of silver are about five weeks' money based on a six-day working week. In terms of purchasing power, each silver piece is probably about... 20 US dollars so 30 pieces is about 600 dollars whoa so like an extra month's wages yeah it's like yeah not bad I mean it's not it's a lot I still don't know if I'm betraying my friend which suggests to me there was something else going on (laughs) I don't I yeah so maybe the money well we've already said like the money Mm. doesn't seem to be the motivation behind it there's something before that yeah so I feel like this almost supports that because it's a lot of money Mm. but it's a big thing to do for in comparison to what he's not a huge amount of money but do you think that Judas ever thought that Jesus would go to death for this 
So you. That's do a good you, question. Yeah. So you think maybe he, he was just surprised? Him. Yeah. He thought he was going to get a slap on the wrist and told, "Stop preaching on the street, you lunatic! Oh. Stop healing people!" So I maybe, 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 a bit, maybe a bit of flogging, because, maybe, but nothing like a because crucifixion. Jesus was never going to be killed, was he? If, if that. Barabbas was spoiler alert to next episode. But if the person that he went up and trial against went to the cross, then Jesus would never have gone to the cross, mm. would he? Does well, that make sense? Or that... at the start of the Luke passage we read, oh. it says, um, "I'm in the Passion translation." The Jewish religious leaders and scholars of the law continually schemed to find a way to murder Jesus without starting a riot. Oh. So death was the ultimate goal. For them. For, for them, for but Jesus. did Jesus yeah. know that? Did Judas know that? Um, That's the question, I would say. It says, so then Satan entered Judas mm. and he secretly went to the religious hierarchy to discuss with them how he could betray Jesus and turn them over to their hands. So he, Judas didn't want to be ultimately responsible for the death, but he did want to give Jesus to those who were going to put him to death. So mm. death was the ultimate goal of the betrayal. Yeah. Well, we know, and we know that that's that is the ultimate plan, anyway, isn't it? Because mm. that's what God's plan was—that death had to be the ultimate goal. Because to defeat sin, mm. there had to be there had to be the death. So we know that that had to be the the case. Yeah. Mm. I think it's I think it's a really tough. Personally, it's 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 quite a tough thing for us as Christians to face. And I think we're very. It's like casting the stone thing. It's so easy for us to be like, oh yeah, Judas, you know. To have that very kind of scowling. Well, we say that thing. all the time, don't we? We like we use it almost jokingly. Judas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Judas. Yeah. Yeah. I got re- called that at school once. <sighs> when I when I announced to my you, U10 Judas. students that I was leaving, I was walking through a corridor once and I heard, "There's Judas." <laughs> and I, was like, oh. <laughs> I was so shocked. Like, I think it was a link to me going off to do something for a church and stuff as well. But, <laughs> yeah, these year 10 students like, got started yelling out Judas to me. <laughs> we call people Judas all the time, don't we? Like, the betrayal. Not just from a Christian perspective, though, but even just from a moral perspective, betraying your friend to death mm. with the result of death. You can't really justify that on any <laughs> um, moral standing. So, yeah, the Christian aspect is important, but even just as a human. Mm. And I don't think... I can't think of any human values that would <laughs> allow, or I can't think of any human values that would encourage that behaviour. Mm. Yeah, and I think like with my, like with those kids, like they didn't have a religious connection to me, but they understood that that is like a betrayal. They understood that Judas is a, is like a dirty betrayal name. Mm. It's like mm. one of those things, and I think that's really true. That you know, take any faith religion about out of it. It is the worst type of betrayal. Yeah. Like it's mm. you expect it from your enemies, but your friends. Yeah. No. But I'm thinking, what situation would you betray a friend in? Perhaps the only one you would do that in is like, say, where a crime's been committed. In like, for example, this is very extreme, and I've only seen this on a fictional TV show or something. But you know, if your friend was to murder someone and you knew that that had happened, mm. um, and the police didn't know that, and you betrayed them by telling the police that information, that would seem the right thing to do in that circumstance. Mm. And I think most people would agree that was probably the right thing to do. But it's interesting that that's 
you know, one of those kind of few circumstances, and it's quite an extreme example, but it doesn't seem like anything like that's happened in this story about Judas and Jesus. Mm. It's um, it's almost like, you know, quite a happy, harmonious relationship up to this point. Yeah. Well, you know, not necessarily all the time, but there's no indication that anything extremes happen because it's not noted in the story. Yeah. And I think that's where we struggle with the whole thing because it's not documented very well in that sense, is it? Like it doesn't say, oh, Judas, feel, Judas, yeah. and Jesus had a disagreement about something. Mm. I think that's a lot of the, especially the like the New Testament for me, or the story of Jesus that way. I, I always want to say, okay, well, what happened just before that or just yeah. after? Like it's you, not. It misses massive chunks. Yeah, which is, you know, I guess in one way, would there ever be enough for you to not ask those yeah. questions? But then sometimes you want to go, okay, that seems quite major. Yeah. Like, Let's zoom and in Judas a bit. isn't mentioned a massive amount in comparison to the others, like mm. Matthew or Peter, and, for example. Yeah, and James and John. like in comparison to the other disciples, he's mentioned. He's not mentioned a lot, but he's mentioned and he's brought along, and he's known to be the one of the disciples. But he wasn't spoken a lot of in mm. written in in the recorded narratives anyway, which I think is important. But then I just I always wonder. If like the whole the whole thing with like the gospels is like here, like you say, it's so like it's blotchy, isn't it? So you've got like from when Jesus was twelve till when like this sort of point when he's like thirty three. There's not much documented, is there? No. And it's that same with like this whole story. Is it's like, oh, all of a sudden he's travelling to to Jerusalem. Oh, his friend then betrays him, and then you're dead. It's like almost like misses little kind of connections you got the last supper the garden guess yeah but like the bit before that i'm saying like this mm. whole discussion we're having now there's there's this kind of like what led judas to this point where he was like mm. well that's why i said the story about the perfume yeah. because there was that and it does say in it like the Ju- that judas left immediately after jesus said leave him leave her alone you know so, so there you was think, so you wonder i guess it is this that disagreement I'm not saying so often like, that was the sole thing that Jesus no. was like Jesus spoke down to me in front of everybody I'm going to yeah. leave and now I'm going to betray him and but condemn I, him to death but I guess in if we look at the context of when it happened as well a beheading or you know hanging on a cross was probably quite a normal thing to see yeah it was so like actually when it's like okay I've had enough of you Jesus talking down to me you know, you deserve to die. Actually, that's probably uh, the way of the times. I know in our society now, you wouldn't condemn death, death on anyone. Yeah. You know, even some. You know, you just wouldn't. But then that was a very public thing, wasn't it? Like, oh yeah, there's a bloke being hung in the street. You know, it was one of those things you all went and stood and watched. If you look, watch like Robin Hood or something, and isn't it? I know it's a few. Yeah, death was years a, before, after, but death as punishment, like the death penalty, was wasn't an obscure thing in there you know that was yes on the scale whereas now it's like off the scale right yeah and for all forms of crime you know there was it was robbery it was adultery it was adultery it was blasphemy you know if you think about if you think of how many people would be crucified for blaspheming today (laughs) you know (laughs) you know there's death was death as a punishment and crime Mm. were intertwined as part of massive parts of society so it, it wasn't something obscure for sure i guess now we and kind of think about how we can take this away into uh, this week and our thinking and our actions and 
our prayers and more of our reflections on God and our own relationships. I don't know if anybody has been thinking about anything about how they're going to take or what they're going to take from this into like moving forward for this week. I was automatically thinking about how in my everyday life I betray Jesus and like how me, you know, not always being focused on what my life should be and how Jesus has saved my life and how I'm a completely different person because I found Jesus, but then forget that and then kind of always go off track. That's that's almost me rejecting Jesus and almost, I don't want to make it sound really graphic, but almost sending him to the cross myself. Mm. Um, so I was automatically thinking of that. That's what I'm sort of going to take away from that, I think. Yeah. I um, think a lot about how God turns a betrayal into something and how out of like darkness God can turn things around. And I know it seems like quite dark because there was a crucifixion, but we have to see beyond that. And mm. for us as Christians here, we believe that there was... that the. the crucifixion when Jesus died on the cross was not the end and despite the betrayal may seem like a really dark place and seem a really bad thing out of it comes what was gifted to all of us was the gift of eternal life and a relationship with Jesus and Mm. and and a heaven and all those beautiful things so it makes me think a lot about how sometimes we can be so focused on the bad like we automatically just think of the negative of Judas's betrayal and the darkness of that but we forget that God can turn beautiful can turn dark things into beautiful things and it automatically brings me back to the storm and the rainbow and I think it's very apt to be in your home tonight Joe and Lucy and because I always when I think of rainbows now I always think about your wedding and it's I've never in my life ever seen such a strong full beautiful rainbow and Obviously, it had been raining a bit and during your wedding day and that has come with its own frustrations, I guess. But that full rainbow was just one of the, like, honestly, the most, like, take... It took my breath away mm. how beautiful it was and I don't think I'll ever forget that till the day I die because it reminds me of the promises of, like, out of darkness and storms comes the promise of, and hope of God. But so many promises for everybody else and I think in whatever we go through, we can have that hope and promise of what God gives us. For me personally, mm. in my faith, that's what I find anyway. And I think it was just really apt. I was looking out on your wedding photos when I was thinking that, and remembering that and those promises and remembering in that moment standing thinking, oh, you know, it's been dark and cloudy. and But at the end of the day, what we're standing here is we're standing on love and hope and promise and all the promises that you've made that day. And then it makes you think about your promises you make on your wedding day and the promises you make to God. So there's so many beautiful things that come out of sometimes when you can be frustrated with the bad things that mm. come out into goodness. And that's God. That's what God does. He turns light and darkness. Hashtag cute. <laughs> cute. Cutie pie. <clears throat> so, does anybody else have anything that they're going to take away? Um, I was just thinking a bit about the humanness of Judas and the mistake he made. But I guess... In chatting it through and reading it again, I think I recognise some of the humanity in that a bit more, rather than this kind of caricature that we all have of a Judas character and a betrayer and a traitor, and we all sort of think to ourselves, oh, I'd never do that. But actually, even though I can't quite imagine getting to the point that Judas did, of actually betraying Jesus, I just think I can see a little more of um, that kind of betrayal 
in some of the things that I do every day and I think that we all do every day mm. and really it's just an extreme example of that so on the flip side of that I find it encouraging that a bit like Beth said Jesus works through all of us I think and mm. um, uses all of us and he didn't pick this band of perfect people to be his disciples he picked mm. people who made mistakes and that it still came together and made this amazing story I love that. Very good. Mm. Oh, Thanks, Joe. You know, just before we started this episode, and I realised the reading was only six verses long, I was panicking as I thought, how are we going to fill a whole podcast with just six verses from the Bible? When last time we had like 20 verses. But it just goes to show that there's so much richness in the Bible, there's so much depth to be had. Mm. And there's, you can easily read the words and gloss over them, but just taking a few minutes to actually look into these words there's just so much meaning behind them so I think it's, it just shows it's really important to take the time to get to know these words that we're constantly surrounded by and that we at church and that we hear all the time I think it's just important to take time to look at these words fully and really appreciate their true meaning and what they mean for us mm. in our everyday lives I think it's um, just one of the best things that I've received from doing our Bible study chat discussion things, other than like the richness of our friendship like developing, but just how um, we can just read a few simple lines on a page that can be transformative and just bring so many different insights and gifts of wisdom and knowledge and helpfulness and I think that's just such a gift that we have to be able to share that and it's really lovely that we get to spend this time together and that actually people are willing to listen and want to find out what we want to know and what we have to say as well so we really appreciate if you've stuck around to now and you've listened and tolerated yeah. through to all of us and um, we hope that you'll stay through to the end as we finish our discussions with a prayer and I hope that wherever you are you can just take this time to just either listen to our prayer or maybe just take some time to think about what this passage might have meant to you. So we read through Luke 22 verse 1 to 6 and Matthew 26 14 to 16 and we just really hope that wherever you are right now that you will take this time to sit with us in your space wherever you're listening to this and reflect on the Bible passages that we've looked at, the things that we've raised, questions that we've explored and your own insights into this. And we thank you for taking the time to be with us and listen to us and you are always in our prayers. Father God, we just lift all the things spoken this evening to you and we just know that you have been here in this place and we feel um, your Holy Spirit surrounding all of us and our conversations in the laughter, in the desire to learn more, to, to be gain greater insights into um, our faith and understanding our relationship with you um, and father i just want to bring to you in this story of betrayal any individuals who may have this in their lives right now and in a season of this and father we just ask for healing over that and that you will just cover those scenes and those stories where individuals may feel betrayed and whatever situation that may be in family friends that you are the savior and out of betrayal comes salvation in you and Father, I um, thank you for the words to do all that we have in honouring you. And we pray for this meeting and all this time together. And we love you, we adore you, and we worship you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> what is it with both of them? 
As soon as you started praying, it was like they came alive. Oh, I did though. Thumbs over. <laughs> oh, praying always gets me up and time going. <laughs> oh, it really ticks my box. It's it does. Thank you for listening to us this week. Uh, we hope that you have enjoyed listening to us and that it's been thought-provoking for you. We'd love to know what you think. You can find our Facebook group. Just give a search for At The Table on Faversham Salvation Army Facebook page. You can tweet us. You can find us on Instagram. We really would love to hear what you think. Join us for the next episode when we're going to be talking about The Last Supper. So we'd really like you to join us. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Podbean and elsewhere. Mm. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.